Okay, welcome to the Ill Communication Podcast, episode number eight. Neil, how are you doing? It's been a while. It's been a it's been a long while. It's been months. This goddamn pesky COVID. COVID and life, and I think you kind of get out of the way a little bit, and that's why we needed to get back into the swing of things. I actually think it's been two and a half months. I, yeah, 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 something like that. And and I mean, the phones have been running, ringing off the hook <laughs> to to. Get... <laughs> when, when's this next episode coming out? No, be, be honest. <laughs> two people have mentioned it, <laughs> of which of which they're hey, friends. All you need is one. Uh, that, all you need is that's one. That's true. That's true. Um, so how how do we do this so again? How... I've forgotten. So what do we do? We 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 always do our recap, don't we? And fitness. Uh, well, I think uh, yeah, and we might struggle to recap two and a half months, but I guess let's let's figure out have we been managing to keep relatively fit and healthy? Uh, we've also got the fact check to do if we can remember what the hell we need to fact yeah. check, and then and then we'll cover a topic. Which today is? Well, let's go yoga. Let's go yoga and meditation. That sort of. That vibe. Nice. I also, I also quite, I quite like to ask the question: Why is it? Why does it get harder to exercise as we move into autumn and winter? Why is that? Well, here should be the structure for episode eight. We'll quickly recap as quickly as we can in the last few months. We'll go straight into our fact check, and we promise, listeners, we will be no longer than an hour today because we keep saying it and we fail to do it every single time. We'll then cover a bit about yoga, which, let's be honest, over the last few months you've become a bit of an expert in. You are now a, a yogi. And I'll do a bit of meditation, and then we'll answer that question at the end. And then if we don't get much time to talk about that, we'll carry that over to the next episode. Nice, nice. So see, when you say you're going to cover meditation, are you going to actually just meditate? Yes. So, so I will now. <laughs> so I'll just do a monologue at the end. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll rejoin you in <laughs> nice. twenty minutes. You could do a guided meditation. So cool. You, well, so for the last two and a half months, how has it been? Have you managed to live a normal-ish life during uh, the continuously ever-increasing lockdown restrictions? I think. I think probably norm. <laughs> no, probably probably. normal-ish, right? Because. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, there's nothing that's normal just now. But I would say probably over the last two months, we've kind of gone full circle in that we were getting more and more measures relaxed and we were getting back to some level of normality. And then all of a sudden now, and uh, today's date being, what, 28th of October, it looks like we're about to go back into some varied form of stricter lockdown type measures, which will probably continue for the rest of the year. So exercise-wise... Yeah. I've been doing okay. I can't remember if the last episode was the one where I broke my rings or not. But anyway, I have broken my rings because I, I, yeah, I don't close my ring every single day anymore, which is good, which is therapeutic. I would say probably was still that, same type of thing. Was that a deliberate thing? Like to, because it was stressing yeah. you out or what? Yeah, I'm sure we talked about this mm-hmm. before and sorry for people that are listening to this because they'll be so bored of the same conversations. But um, yeah, I'm sure that it was like 127 days and it was becoming a stressor for me. So actually, the first, the day I, I let that happen, I it felt horrendous. But actually, it's felt really therapeutic since then. And then what happens most weeks is like I'll do a combination of 
two or three runs, bit of weights, try to walk a little bit. But I'm working more, I'm at work more than I was before, so I'm walking less, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, and doing a bit of yoga, try to you know, be a bit inspired by you and your, well, yeah, over to you. How many days now of continuous yoga? Uh, that's a good question. I, it's definitely more than half a year, con- continuously, wow. every single day. Every single so day. So by half a year, would you say like six months? Was that <laughs> <laughs> six months, yeah. Like normal people would say? <laughs> six months every single day? Like, uh, yeah, every single day. So I think on the 10th of it, so it was 10th of April, I started this uh, every single day. Um, so yeah, so technically 10th of October, that was six months. Wow. So I I mean that's that's not you know that's like you know maybe maybe an occasional day it's like five minutes I think that's probably the lowest amount but it's still doing something but I'm I'm probably averaging about ten to fifteen minutes doing it plus I'm trying to do something else on not most other days is kind of falling by the wayside but I did manage to get out a lot of trail running and uh, mountain biking and then doing some some weight type stuff as well for quite a while. Um, but 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 recently, I think maybe maybe work's been getting a bit busier and the nights are fair drawing in because <laughs> 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 I quite like to do stuff outside. Uh, so that's kind of I think that's been a bit yeah. difficult. Um, but no, I g- genuinely managing to do something else most days. I, I want to get back into. I've kind of I bought some waterproofing sort of running gear stuff. So trying push myself to just go out regardless of the weather um, i actually like running in the rain yeah. i think it's the best time to run yeah i think it's more it's more getting time before you're or before i'm too tired because the, the best thing really is to do is get up and get out and do something first thing and then it's done yeah and i've got way out of that routine so that's been a problem and my diet's appalling it's my diet <laughs> so I'm still it's intermittent fasting i'm still doing that you know that God knows how long I should figure out how long I've been doing that for. That's definitely over two years, uh, almost every day, and that that I think that helps. But the nighttime chocolate crisps, not 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 good. Yeah, which is kind of that's always been uh, your problem, isn't it? That kind of <laughs> snacking thing late at night. But you've also done yoga at the top of a Monroe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ben Vorlick, Ben Vorlick in the rain, and tell you what, like uh, if anyone looked at the Instagram picture of of that it was like the best feeling because because it's high up when i started doing it and just like just releasing tension or walking for like two and a half hours before that it was it was brilliant <laughs> so that's going to be a I thing actually given we're yep. going to start doing hill walking and i'm going to what was it we're going to try and do six a year yep yep six a year and and i think it's maybe a reflection on perhaps our age i think this is a good thing to do to actually try and discover something different that is good exercise but maybe not hugely strenuous but i loved it i thought it was a i loved that day so we'll start talking about that soon because we're planning on doing another one in a couple of weeks time yep yep um yeah because i mean it's it's surprisingly hard work like because i figured hey i've been doing mountain biking i've been running doing yoga easy see the next day yeah i agree <laughs> exactly i had to stretch out like i just i stretched for ages the next day and, and that, again that felt good something i would never have done before either like we'll get on to talk about yoga but doing stretching yoga stuff it properly sorts you out whereas before i'd have just figured out hey i've got a couple of days of pain <laughs> yeah but that's uh 
that's because you're using muscle groups that you don't normally use, isn't it? It's like, and that's a good mm. sign. If you do something new, then that shows you that it's like mixing up. It's totally. paleo fitness. Totally. Things we've talked about before. Totally. So yeah, so I think in general, then probably over the last two and a half months, we've been kind of keeping going. And trick is trick is to keep it going as we get into uh, autumn and winter. I think I've actually bought some kettlebells. So I follow this this guy uh, on Instagram at Daring One Hundred One who seems to be some sort of kettlebell genius. He sort of twirls them around and catches them and stuff. And I thought, hey, the kettlebells, that would be a good a good workout routine. And actually, 16, I've got two 16-kilo ones now, and that's a good, that's a proper workout. So what what's a kettlebell? You don't know what? Is this... Well, I, can, I, I know what it is, I think. But do, <laughs> are you using this for exercise, or are you using this as, like, like the guy it's you talk about that you're following? Tea. No, I don't <laughs> Like, but when you're saying he's like swinging them about, is he making a tune or is he just doing exercises with this? <laughs> well, check him out at Daring101 Instagram. No, he's he's actually, he's taking like 16 or 20 kilograms and he's spinning them up in the air and catching them and putting them behind his head and stuff. And So it's so it's purely exercise, properly, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's fit as. I'm not on Instagram. Well, I don't, I am on it. I just don't ever visit it. Yeah. I should talk about that, actually, my social media. Uh, yeah. Cold that, turkey. That's a, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll give give us a snippet and we could do that in an, a, a subsequent podcast. I was getting annoyed by... Ah, that's enough, so, right. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting annoyed by Twitter. As you know, I came off Facebook years ago. I, I was still on Twitter. And I think particularly during the pandemic, and maybe it's a, it's a combination of the pandemic and the American election coming up and just how divided society is, that everyone's so opinionated and thinks they're experts and everything and this whole kind of woke culture and it just was actually, I was finding it quite draining in my mental health and I had three weeks off and I for a while I thought I'm never going to go back and then eventually I thought, nah, I will I will go back. But uh, but it was quite therapeutic. It was, you know, I, it did make me feel better for a while. So I'll, I'll maybe do that periodically when things start to annoy me. And I also watched The Social Dilemma, which I think heavily influenced my my decision there, and that 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 was quite interesting to watch. That's that's another topic we should cover: Inf- influencing ability or influenceability, or or what, how you get influenced on social media and other things. That that would be a really good episode because actually that was the thing I was quite naive to was that that my feed on Twitter would be entirely different to see yours. You know that it's all targeted in terms of like clickbaits and all that sort of stuff to try and keep me looking at that screen. And yeah. actually, that's terrifying. That's terrifying. Anyway, right. Let's go to fact check Ooh. and beyond. Beyond time. Fact checker. Forgotten what that looks like. Right. Okay. So we've got about, I think eight eight or so facts. Yeah. And did you do your homework? I did. Good. I did. Good. Right. So you you're going to take the first four. Yeah. So. The first one was about liver cirrhosis and whether Scotland really is, because I had made the claim in the last episode that Scotland was the worst country in the world, or certainly in Europe, I can't actually remember what I said, but I had a quick look into PubMed and different things, and it's actually, there's not, there's not a huge amount of recent studies, which makes it quite difficult. So there's a lot of studies from about 2013, 2010, where Scotland, Scotland is definitely the, the worst in the UK, that is... There, there's no doubt about that, which is, and that's that's predominantly for alcohol-related liver disease, mm-hmm. and that's down to our you know tendency to like a drink. But when you actually look at liver disease 
as a whole, there's like, you know, there, viral hepatitis it's, it's, that causes it. There's fatty liver disease. It's a range of different diseases. So it's not just that alcohol-related factor, which is why we were talking about it yeah. in the last episode. Uh, we're certainly, the UK is certainly one of the worst in Europe, but I don't think I can unequivocally say that Scotland is the worst in the world. But it, you said Scotland is bad, worst alcohol, like has the worst alcohol, did you, worst alcohol problems. Is that right? In the 2013 study I looked at in PubMed, I'm pretty sure Scotland had the, had the worst or one of the worst alcohol-related liver disease demographic, wow. I guess. But there's not there's not a lot of recent stuff. But you know, I should actually know a lot more about this because I'm I'm working in therapies for liver cirrhosis. So, so oh. maybe in a future podcast, actually, I could uh, I could maybe persuade one of the professors from my work to come and talk about it. The renowned hepatologists. Uh, but no, I mean there is. I, I actually, I've actually given presentations on this in the past, and I have a graph, and that graph, albeit it ends in two thousand and ten, but has this kind of. It's a bit like the COVID charts. Has this upward curve of alcohol-related liver disease, and it's got like you know the rest of Western Europe sort of just drifting along the bottom, and then Scotland, uh, sorry, the UK very high, and then Scotland off the charts, right? As a proportion ahead of population. So we are we are renowned for it. I just don't know about the last ten years. Prior to that, yes. <laughs> okay, that's another fact check then. Okay, so the, <laughs> the next one to completely digress. <laughs> and I was trying to think I was trying to think how we actually jumped about from from liver cirrhosis to this was whether you should indeed squat when you take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was me, I, I know by the very nature of that topic, it was me that would have brought that up. And I'd said I'd read somewhere that actually that's the right thing to do. And, you know, anecdotally in the past, I have noticed that when you do lift your legs slightly if you sit in the <laughs> toilet, that it does ease one's passage, shall we just say. So actually I did look it up, right? You, and you, you were it's on, true. You were it's on true. the toilet at the time when you tried this, yeah? Yeah, because, right, see, I've got too much detail now. But my, my toilet in this bedroom has the bath right next to it, so you can quite easily kind of lift your legs and rest them on something <laughs> when you were doing number two, which I have, as an experiment for this podcast, tried. It, it's true, right? right. And, it, and it's true because it's, if you think about it, and this, is, I think, was the point, it was an evolutionary thing. You know, we have been shitting by squatting for hundreds of thousands of years, and then we invented the toilet, like, yep. you know, a few hundred years ago, and ever since then we've adjusted our position. And the reason you should squat is because it, wait for it, right? Your, your relaxus puborectalis muscle, right? It basically helps relax that, that muscle. It also straightens out your colon because the end of your colon has a bit of a kink. So by lifting your legs, it straightens it out. And those two things lead to two scenarios. It gives the shit an easier exit strategy. And it means you have to strain less to get it to come out. So it's a good thing. So we should all squat or at least get a little stool, raise your legs, I should do a shit, and you'll probably end up with, you know, much better. Well, squat, squatting. Oh, no, then I've just added another fight check <laughs> at the end of it. Well, squat, squatting, squatting's how everybody should really sit. And shit. Well, I, I presume it was, you know, whilst you were squatting, sitting, then you could just go for a shit at the same time if you want. And actually, that's what you see if you watch, like, documentaries and stuff. If you see, like, Aborigines do that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) That's the worst. 
<laughs> There's a fact check for next week. Aborigine Do Aborigines squat. squat? I'm sure. No, but no, I'm but, sure yeah, I've well, seen I, like I, documentaries. Yeah, and they have been doing but, that squatting but a lot. Squat, squattings before before we fi- we before someone designed the chair, and that could be who who designed the chair. Squatting was the the how you rested. It's a resting position, but most people struggle with that. I actually do. I, I do a lot more now with the yoga, and actually, God, is your shits must just glide out. So, but a couple of months back, I was watching uh, Oscar playing football, and please tell me, please tell me. Well, it was that because you're not, not allowed. You were not, you're not allowed in the ground, so so everyone's kind of spread out miles away, and it was. And you started squatting no, at the side no, of the no, pitch, at, at a bit where you could you couldn't see above a certain height, so you had to look <laughs> down. There's kind of bars, and I squatted down. It was fine. Whereas Who nobody else would do that. <laughs> Your dad's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's the other thing. Peer pressure. Nobody will squat. I know, yeah. But no, no, I'm de- de- telling you. You should try it. Okay, I bet you so can't squat. Because you're notoriously stiff anyway, so. Well, I'll let you know. I did some yoga last night, actually. 20 minutes, full body flow with Adrienne. Shout out to Adrienne. And nice. I'm sure she listens. Yoga with Adrienne, yeah. So, yeah, so that was number two. So, okay. So, we've said that, yep, we have the worst rate of liver cirrhosis and squat when you shit. Next one, Spanish flu. Yeah. And How obviously apt. the topic of the pandemic. And we, uh, the question was, was it 1918? Because I think that was the date we said. And yep. indeed it was. So uh, Spanish flu was from, lasted two years. So 1918 to 1919. What was interesting was that the second wave was far more deadly than the first wave. Mm, what does that remind you of? Uh, there was a total, and you put this in context, actually, when you think about the situation with uh, COVID-19 just now, but you like 500 million people are estimated to have been infected. Million. 500 million people were estimated to have been infected with this at the time, which well, at the time, which, no, 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 well, it's still pretty bad, I'll get there in a minute. At the time, that was around a third of the global population. Wow. You know, so it was, you know, one and a half uh, billion that the world population was at that point, you and you lost a third. I mean, that's just lost, crazy. Well, and, well, no, sorry, a third were infected, but but many? of ten percent of that, so fifty million died. Fifty million. And how many? How many in COVID so far? A million. I think it's one point three. One point three. So apparently, the bubonic plague wiped out a third of the population at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but this this is it. I mean, this is the thing. We've just been kind of lucky the last hundred years or so that we've not had. But actually, that that's not true, because if you look at HIV. And then look at HIV and AIDS over the course of a 20, 30 year period. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 50 million or so. that it'll yeah. be it'll be there or thereabouts. Yeah. I actually fact check for next week then. Number of people that have died of AIDS. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 20 to 50 millions in my head because I, I was reading right. that book. Right. Okay, we'll find that out for next week. So yeah, so it's Spanish flu was, was horrendous. Uh, and it's weird, isn't it? That it's almost bang on 100 years ago. Yeah. It's just strange. Anyway, and that's the thing, we, we're complaining just now, we're complaining just now because we're locked in our houses, yet we can work, and we can order takeaways, and we can get shopping delivered to our doors, yeah. and we can communicate over, and you yep. think what people were living through, they just come out of the fucking First World War, Yep. and then they had that to deal First with. First World War, uh, Spanish flu, the Great Depression, Second World War. Uh, it's like it's crazy and I, I tell I was telling to the kids all the time I sound like such an old man but I was saying that to Oliver this week and about just in general how ungrateful they are for everything <laughs> and I was basically saying that you know you're so lucky to be born in the time that you were and I was explaining to him that his papa was working at 14 
that you know i even used the example okay i, I did maybe exaggerate this slightly no i didn't exaggerate it, it it's true but i made it sound far worse than it is that i had a paper round at 11 and i did have a paper round at 11 but it wasn't like you know slave labor but i was telling him that his his great his great grandmother you know was was working even younger than that and yep. then prior to that kids his age were going up chimneys and down mines yep. and that was just normality yep. yeah it's it, we are so lucky to be born when we are and when we have the audacity to complain about this situation you just think come on come on anyway so spanish flu done uh, and my last one was around uh, back pain and physical jobs and i think we we're making some comment about and i presume this would have come from you because it was imbecilic <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was about if you're in a physical job are you less likely to have back pain and i guess i think you'll find it was you that said this but never mind we can, oh, we can go back oh, and check it? that yeah Okay, okay. So it was, and I guess the thought process was is because you're actually using these muscles more that you're less likely to hurt them. Yep. But everything I could find was was very much the opposite. But I I did tease. So out you two get, you're more likely think, to get a bad back if you have a physical job. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I, and I think it's based on two things, though. I think it's based on the fact that the most people who tend to present with back pain are doing repetitive type jobs that are putting a lot of strain on those those muscles yep so however it's also down to compliance as in are they are they lifting the right way are they actually taking care of themselves and all that sort of stuff yep. and that's probably a big factor as well so it was quite hard to have a you know yeah, a yeah. definitive yeah. answer one way or the other it's probably just uh i'm sure if you worked every day in a building site but you actually you spent like your your nights like you do doing yoga and stretching you would never have back pain in your life you know yeah. but that's not the reality for uh, and lift, most, lifting most properly, workings. keeping your back straight, not putting on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah. pretty much, because at the moment I've got a bit of a, sh- uh, a sore shoulder. I've had it for months and months and months. So, um, but I've been and I've been kind of trying to f- like do certain yoga movements to try and get shoulder mobility. And then, but I was going, I wonder if I should just stop, like stop for a week and maybe that's the problem is I'm continuously aggravating it. But it seems, anything I'm reading is, it's kind of like if you have a bad back, don't lie down to a bad back. You're supposed to keep yeah. keep working because the more you let it weaken, the, the worse it's going to get because you're more likely to keep straining it. I think, I think your shoulder pain is probably related to uh, posture and when you're sitting at your desk all day typing. Because I get that when I sit at my desk for long periods, That's and it's good, usually yeah. it's and it's right it, right hand. You're right handed, yeah, aren't you? Mouse, I say maybe that's that's a good shout. It will be because that's exactly when I get Moving it. I feel mouse. it when I sit in certain positions and I'm typing. Yep. And it depends on how far my keyboard's away from me and how what height my screen is and stuff. And it and it always uh, happens that way. But I've actually had like a tennis elbow for ages that's been niggling at me that I've not been able to get rid of that I think I did when I was doing weights and it's the same thing that I keep thinking you know you google it and it says rest 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 but I don't want to rest and then when I, when I do it does get a little bit better yeah. and I think oh now it's okay and then suddenly it starts yeah. to get sore again should, and it's should, a real should, pain in the ass do, um, get a, one of those um, compression kind of bands and just keep doing it just so it's mm. slightly I found that works. I had a bit of that before, and I found just using that thing after like a couple of weeks, it'd gone. I didn't need to stop anything. Yeah, maybe do that now. If not, I'll just use one of the 
pair of the wife's tights for that work. <laughs> Probably not. Right, you've got four to do, so bash on. Hang on. Right, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so I had, what was the religion in Japan and China? Typically, was it none? Was it, now, do you say Taoism, Taoism or Taoism? I think the latter. But I'm not, not sure. <laughs> or was Here's it Buddhism? So week. actually what it seems to be is Confucius, Confucianism, Buddhism and Taoism, I'm going to say, plus Shinto in Japan seem to be the the main kind of sources of spiritual or religious uh, expression, I guess. Um, but it, it tends to be a kind of hybridization of all. Because I think Confucianism isn't necessarily classed as a religion, but it's more of a, a way of thinking, being, doing. But actually, Buddhism seems to be the highest proportion out of all of them. And you still get Islam and Christianity and whatnot, but it's less less of that. But Buddhism seems to be the highest. Which is interesting, because I thought with China, it was kind of none. Uh, there seems to be a kind of sense, and maybe it's social media talking nonsense, but... Well, like atheism? Yeah, like, like really? the Chinese China? state isn't, isn't a religion, but... But anyway, yeah, so that's what it seems to be. Buddhism seems to be the highest, but it's a concoction of Confucianism, Buddhism, and Taoism in China, and Shinto in Japan, along with Buddhism as well. So there you go. What what is Taoism? What's the... Again, I think it's quite... No, no, I don't think so. I think it's kind of spiritual, like um, a lot of breathing, breath, like earth, wind, and fire, that sort of thing. I think you might want to fact check that. (laughs) I like Buddhism. Yeah. Quite into that. Um, uh, second one, or the next one for me, was intermittent fasting and sleep combined. Does that give you exponentially more benefit? Um, and does it lead to more or less sleep and vice versa? So the more you intermittent fast and sleep well, does that lead to better um, improvements b- across both? So couldn't find it. <laughs> couldn't find it specific. <laughs> uh, but in your thirty second Google, <laughs> exactly. Wikipedia didn't have that. Now, it's, mm. uh, some studies it seemed to be more that intermittent fasting actually helps improve sleep. Um, although, if you have a severely restricted calorie intake, actually that can lead to higher cortisol levels in your blood and which has the opposite effect so the higher if you, if you talked about this haven't if you, we? yeah if you if you get too much stress i guess too much the stress mm-hmm. hormone you're not going to sleep well um but i think that's if you're severely calorie cal- calorie restricted so that's not necessarily what intermittent fasting is all about i'd say that has to be a no-brainer though if you do intermittent fasting and get a good night's sleep that's probably better than doing intermittent fasting and not getting a good night's sleep or not doing intermittent fasting and getting a good night's sleep. Anyway, next one was why were they taking tardigrades to the moon? Can you remember what a tardigrade is? The little kind of um, microscopic, horrible little worm thing that's everywhere. Little water, yeah, they're they're called water bears and they're the most indestructible... they look weird. ...indestructible organism on the planet. It's weird, isn't it, that there's this whole world of, like, microorganisms that... Are kind of oblivious to us. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, Bereshit was a robotic lander. Um, <laughs> it carried, so it was basically sent up by Israel, and it was carrying human DNA samples and some other digitized pages of information about human society and culture. And apparently, they didn't even get the authorities to approve the tardigrades inclusion in this rocket launch. They just did it at the last minute. Um, 
I guess to put something up there that's likely to live. Because apparently what happens is these little things, if they go into space, they just shrivel up. But if you put water on them, oh, like right. 10 years later, they'll reanimate. Um, apparently they can su- survive pretty much any, any condition. Uh, minus 328 degrees Fahrenheit and more than 300 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and they ex- survive exposure to radiation, vacuum of space, etc., etc. So that was that, and and basically they then crashed. So there's a bunch of tardigrades lying about in the moon, and we know that there's now water in the moon, mm-hmm. don't we, from yep. the announcement this week? Yep. So maybe, yeah, God, the tardigrades are are taking over. We maybe, maybe in a hundred million billion years. <laughs> that's that's maybe that's how Earth started. Well, no, they're sending people to the moon in twenty three or twenty four. Mm-hmm. This is part of NASA's big, and this is to try and build a lunar base with a view to getting uh, some humans to Mars, which I do genuinely hope we'll see in our lifetime. Mars is looking amazing right now, by the way. Uh, Mars and the Moon were uh, out in all their glory tonight. Uh, Mars is probably the closest that's been to Earth for a long, long time. So you should. Go and have a look at it. The big, the star that's quite low on the horizon. On the, the star, star the come on, quite low. you're supposed to be in Australia. Well, people, I know, sorry, but people see stars when they see bright lights in the sky, but uh, the if planet stupid. is <laughs> <kind of> orangey <laughs> coloured. And Jupiter and Saturn in this part of the world are very obvious as well, actually. And they're always close together. Saturn a lot smaller, that's how you always know. Look up, people, look up. Anyway, keep going. Uh... We'll need to get Neil deGrasse Tyson on the podcast. You've got Neil McGowan. <laughs> Come on. Right, the last one is, does the depressant effect of alcohol make it harder to breathe? Yes is the yep. answer. Because what it does is it slows down your nervous system. It's a depressant. Yeah. <laughs> Which by its very nature. Like, how is that even a fact check? I can't believe I let that one go. <laughs> Jesus. It's basically to do with liver not being able to keep up with your alcohol consumption. Builds up, become intoxicated, and then it starts to screw everything up. God bless the liver, eh? What an amazing organisation. God bless it. Right, that was the fact check. Well done. Bang on time. Halfway through. So, yoga. Shoot. <laughs> Let's talk well, about your journey, right? I, that's what's interesting to me well, is that I, you, have to, you're someone... Well, I have to correct you because I'm not a... a what you said I'm, I'm now a fully-fledged yogi. That's not That's not true. Yeah, you, you're not a yogi, but you kind of are because you're doing <laughs> yoga every day and you're posting videos of you doing yoga every day. So... If that doesn't make you a yogi, I don't know what does, uh-huh. right? Okay, you've only got four followers, but the reality yeah, is, okay, six. <laughs> <laughs> six more than this podcast. <laughs> so that, that's very true, yeah. So I think uh, I, I, I think the best thing to do would be, why don't you take us through your journey of someone who, and I'll be brutally honest, never in a million years, a matter of years ago, would I have thought that, that you would ever have been into something like this and then not only to embrace it but actually to become a huge part of your life (laughs) so well I think I've explained this before I burst a disc in my back seven years ago give or take and have always then since had kind of I guess intermittently problems with my back that I've tried to sort with going to osteopaths, doing physio, all that stuff. And so then I decided that... And so I'd, on and off, I'd started doing yoga in amongst doing weights and stuff, going to the gym. Um, and it was quite quite good. I would try and stretch off, warm up and stretch off using yoga when I was uh, doing weights. And that seemed, to, that seemed to be fine. That seemed to be pretty good. And then I kind of... 
I guess with Theo coming along two years ago, that put paid to go to the gym, <laughs> just no time to go to the gym. And so yoga is something you could do anywhere. Um, that you, you've got any type of small space, you can you can do you can do yoga. And so I figured if I keep that up, then you know flexibility is good. It's strength conditioning. Um, everything you read about people that do yoga or doing yoga has positive mental and physical um, benefits. So why not? Um, started doing it on YouTube, followed folk like Sean Vig Fitness, Yoga with Adrian, um, Boho Beautiful Life, um, a couple others. And actually following along to the, the yoga videos was as good as, a, well, I felt it was as good as going to a class. And you could do it in the garden if it's nice, you do it in the house, doesn't matter. And so I just got into this way and then I thought, why don't I just try and do this every single day? Because, you know, you should, you should really try and do some form of physical exercise every day. And that was a kind of way of doing it. And then I started posting about it which, to try and keep me doing it every single day because there's so many times, you know what it's like, it's so easy to not do it and just say, hey, what's, what's yeah. one day? But by doing this, by keeping this kind of thing going, I'm, I want to do it every single day. And I, I think at least I want to do it for at least a year and then we'll see, I might I might change that or I might just keep going. And I, And I didn't... Put, like as I said, sometimes I'd do five minutes, not putting any particular pressure or not putting a ridiculous amount of pressure on myself to make sure I do it. And 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 so that's 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 what I've been doing. And actually it's amazing how I'm starting to get more attuned to the imbalances of of my 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 body, like because of my back, it kind of manifests in the right hand side. My right leg is so I'm right right footed right legged but my right leg is probably weaker now than my left um because I've been compensating but it's a lot more flexible so I can stretch off my right side far easier my right leg far easier than my left leg and you can see that if you look I think I even posted something recently where I kind of like doing a stretch with um a yoga band and I can lift get my left my right leg far higher and straighter than my, my left so I need to kind of it's, it's making me think right I need to concentrate a lot more on my left to, to correct for that mm-hmm. and equally with my sho- my right shoulder because I think I'm right handed I need to I need to be ba- balancing that out the other way because I can like I can do the prayer move but my hands behind my back which actually is seems right. surprisingly difficult for me but I can do that but I when I if I was to try and get uh, like cl- clasp my hands behind my back I can do it easier with like my left going down my back and my right coming up the back, but it's harder doing it the other way around. So, so anyway, so so doing this yoga, it's getting me more in tune with where I need to work on. Whereas if I was doing anything else like just running or whatever, it's kind of more difficult. I think. So you feel then that yoga is actually making you more in tune with your body. Yeah, is that all I just said? Feel <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> you you lost me at yoga. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, so, no, no, I, yeah, a hundred percent. And so that that can only be a good thing. And I think, like, I, like I've said, I struggle to just do meditation, or I, I don't feel I don't feel the the urge or need to do meditation on its own. But because I think I'm doing, uh, I'm trying or I'm trying to do proper yoga breathing. Um, which mm-hmm. is kind of like meditating, I guess. Like, so you're maybe mo- doing some moves and stuff, but I'll quite often end with Shavasana, you know, the 
corpse pose, lying, just lying down, just yeah, breathing, or, or I'll just sit and do Wim, Wim Hof breathing, mm-hmm. which I find that, you know, is particularly good. And you know what it is, sometimes you're, you're feeling dead flexible, you can do half an hour and it feels really good. Other times you're doing 10 minutes, you feel you can't stretch properly, you're not interested pretty much all yogis when you're following it along so and I, the other good the interesting thing actually is i've found that i don't follow along i've not followed along to a youtube video for months because i'm now at a point where i know most of the well certainly the core moves or mm. poses you can do it just so off i can do it off my back and i'm trying to improve myself on those things which also you know means you can you can be a bit more flexible, I guess, when you're uh, doing anything. But I think most, most um, when you're listening in, most folk are saying, don't worry about where you are. Sometimes you will be able to you know, fully stretch something, some, something, sometimes you'll not. Don't worry about it. It's where yeah, you're supposed to be in where, that day. <laughs> that's where I am. So I, I, you know, obviously I'm way behind you, but I have got quite into it. I would say probably on average I maybe do one to two times a uh-huh. week. And I often think that I should do more because I do really enjoy it. Uh, and and I think for me, well, what I do find funny though is that you know when if you do yoga with Adrienne, she'll be doing the stretch and then she'll say, "Now, like exactly as you've just said, it's okay because maybe you're here, yep. or maybe maybe you're yep. here." <laughs> I'm going. I'm nowhere near. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm further back than that. And actually, it does. And even just that, in the short time I've been doing it, I have noticed a big difference in just general kind of flexibility compared to where I was at the start. And the biggest surprise to me, because I still like, I I talk to people that work about it, and they do exactly what I I probably did to you at the beginning, is they poo-poo it instantly. (laughs) Oh, it's not a workout, it's not this. And I'm sitting going, you have no idea. Like When I did it last night, you know, we were doing a lot of planks and kind of doing, you know, plank with one hand and turning around and stretching one. And, you know, I was fucking exhausted yep. by the end yep. of it. But I would say the thing I struggle with the most, which is quite ironic because as someone who meditates on a regular basis, which you don't yep. do, is that I really struggle with the breathing. Right. I actually tend to hold your breath. forget to breathe or, or I have to think about it too yeah. much. Yeah, hold my breath or think about it when she's saying like, inhale here, then exhale for mm-hmm. that. And, oh, right, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm doing it the wrong way around. And I, I kind of get quite stressed out by, oh, I'm not breathing. I should be breathing. I'm not breathing properly. Yep. And and I find it quite hard to do that naturally. But yeah, actually, I'm really quite good at using breath to relax mm-hmm. me when I'm in the meditation zone. So it's weird because, you know, you're someone who's really into yoga, but you struggle with meditation. And I'm someone that's really into meditation, but I struggle with some aspects of yoga. And the two things are made to be so aligned. Yeah. It's I mean, bizarre. I, it's, I don't think I, I don't struggle so much with meditation and more that I don't feel the need to do it very often. Like sometimes, occasionally I, I have done and it does undoubtedly make you feel better. So if you're feeling particularly stressed about something and you just sit and concentrate on your breathing for a short period of time, I find that, that you know, you can feel the, you can feel an immediate benefit, I think. But I don't, I don't do that a lot often. I may, I maybe I don't feel the need because I'm sort of doing yoga. So if there's, but the breath, I think the breath is, is consistent consistency. I think just getting used to it and then doing it over time, you'll then start to get into. Yeah, no, but definitely, I, 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 I do like it. I, I do find it, uh, and, and I love the fact as well as you said that you know you can just go on YouTube mm-hmm. and and download the video and you can do all this. And actually, I found that that whole concept that 
in terms of the lockdown and the amount of people that must be exercising in their house and utilising YouTube for uh, workout videos. Me and Lynn were talking about that recently and so saying like, if you do get back to... So I took I took Oliver, for example, to gymnastics the other night. Yep. Now, and so it's at Raven's Craig, which for people who don't know is a big kind of outdoor sports, well, indoor-outdoor sports facility in, in Lanarkshire. So you're walking in and you're putting the masks on as you're about to go in. And as I just glanced to the right as I, as I went in and the, the gym's open, mm-hmm. right? And there's quite a lot of people in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're all in there working. And they're obviously like, you know, because the only people who probably are religiously going to gyms just now are the, the ones that are really fanatical about it. But no one's got masks on. And they're all in that environment and they're working out and sweating and exhaling. I just thought, it's just so mad. And it's so I mad it was, when... Uh, mandatory, no? Just like a supermarket, no? no? Well, whether it was or not, I don't. I, it certainly wasn't being practised in there. But... I guess the point is that actually, and I appreciate a lot of people won't have the space and all that sort of stuff, but actually just having a pair of dumbbells and working with a pair of dumbbells in the house and following a YouTube video for yep. that is so yep. easy and it's free. Yep. It costs nothing. So where's the incentive to go and pay for all this? And I thought it was interesting when Apple, when they launched the iPhone 12 or whatever last week, week before, were like, we're going to introduce this app. I can't remember what it's called, but Apple One or something. And it's like a service that's in tune with your Apple Watch that you pay a subscription for every month. And it's like, we'll do workouts and all that sort of stuff. And, like fo- and charge like you for it. along on your watch. like you're, you're, you Yeah, know. so that you they basically, you'll pay the subscription and you'll get workouts. And the workouts will be like for anything that you yep. usually, whether you're, you're doing like spinning or uh, just some aerobics or you're doing yoga and all that sort of stuff. But then it's kind of, wireless are going to connect your watch and you're going to have like stuff that comes up so it's kind of tailored to you which I guess is maybe the gimmick but I just found it strange just now that actually when everyone's going through tough times when the economy's tanked like why why would you introduce something that actually people will have to pay money for you'd actually when when they when there's such good competition out there that's free why would you not just make something like that free and then dominate the market I, I just found that quite a bizarre and that's a bit of a tangent. It'll be interesting to see because quite strange. Yeah, so, so subscription thing though is the thing that's is totally taken off. I'm I'm thinking that's Apple's strategy because apparently um, they're bringing out cheaper phones. Their strategies now, yeah. So they're they're going to start to bring out more, I guess, more basic ha- handsets, and they're going to try. But they're trying to get everybody in there in their ecosystem so that anything you buy, like Apple TV, these kind of apps. Uh, everything will be some form of subscription and it'll be relatively cheap yeah. on a monthly basis but over gazillions of people and all the different apps you get it suddenly it adds up yeah you're right because in the early days everyone used to make the jump mm-hmm. and now people are smart to and actually like you know there's a lot of people I mean I'm probably going to upgrade fairly soon but you know the whole concept of people going to these religious kind of two-year contracts from for mobiles and then suddenly jump to the latest phone and yep. then change. It doesn't happen anymore. Everyone tends to, or certainly that I know, then go sim only for a period of yep. time. And actually the next phone I get, I'll buy. And I'll buy from Apple rather than actually buying via a, a, a network because, and Apple are wise to that as well because they're now offering phones that you could pay up interest-free. Yeah, and see the problem, two right, years. so I did, so I'm now, this is day three years old, uh, so I'm, I'm going to upgrade it I think soon but I did that two years pay up interest free thing and then after a year you're technically you can um, upgrade or you can get a new phone what, what, with, with Apple. Apple but what they don't tell you is you can't so I, I, I went in to just go I want an uh, iPhone 8 plus again please and they said no you can't do that you need to upgrade to a 10 ah, and also right. 
sorry, that costs you an extra tenner a month if you do that. I'm like, well, what? So I didn't bother. I went yeah. sim only. Or no, I was sim only anyway, but I just, well. I, just, I just got a new sim kind of deal that was cheaper again, so I kept the phone. They've also... They've also recognised. I mean, obviously, you you know you use video and all that sort of stuff a lot. So you quite like a large screen. But you know, I've actually found I've had an iPhone eight for a while, and I actually think the screen's too big. And now they're introducing oh, yeah, the right. iPhone uh-huh. twelve yeah. mini, which is actually smaller than this, but the screen's larger because obviously the screen uh-huh. you know covers the whole, but it's actually a smaller phone. So if I go for a twelve, I'm going to get the smaller one because I've often found. And I have issues with my hands anyway, but I've always found <laughs> your hands are since tiny. I jumped. <laughs> my hands are tiny. No, it's it's more, you know, it's carpal tunnel and all that. But I, it's texting. It's like texting with a thumb. The minute I jumped from an iPhone, whatever it was, 5 or 4S, whatever, to, to when the screen's got that slightly bit bigger, I couldn't text with my thumb one-handed anymore. I honestly, I couldn't. So I want to get... Uh, go down a size but anyway we're completely know, off topic really well, see the, one thing I think was interesting about me my, my yoga journey is so it's obviously you're stretching a lot most of it is doing stretch so it's, it's strength and stuff as well interestingly actually Shona hurt her back and went to an osteopath uh, same osteopath I, I've been to and he actually said to her because she was saying hey my because I went to him when I screwed my back up and he he actually suggested to her yoga is not great. Uh, Pilates is better. Yoga is a bit too extreme. Um, obviously an osteopath. Whereas my my chiropractor said I should. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like it. hack medicine. What I found is actually I used to I used to just I didn't like um, doing twist stretches. And Sean Vig uh, Sean Vig Fitness always going. Oh, I loved twist doing twist stretch actually see after doing it for twist stretches are great and i think it's probably because i never did it so whenever i did it it was uncomfortable and so that's why i didn't like it but now now i'm kind of i've got more mobility there it's actually feels really good to get a real twist and stretch i think you can only do that if you're if you're consistent with it yeah it's just about uh, practice and Mm -hmm. stuff isn't it i guess it's funny you say that about the, the osteopath because actually like we've talked about the chiropractor before, and I always go to the chiropractor for my back. And uh, the last time I went, they, they told me that I was I was so fucking stiff that I should try yoga. So I started doing that, and I told them that the last time I went because I hadn't gone for one over the whole mm-hmm. lockdown. And he said my back was a bit better. But he, whenever I go to the chiropractor and they do the corrections, as they call it, and they'll do like the various points down your spine, and then they always do your mm-hmm. head mm-hmm. as well. And then I watched this video like a day after. And it was on Twitter, and it was basically sort of um, cardiologists or, you know, sort of doctors that that deal with cerebral events and all the rest. So the number of people they have had, like, kind of stroke victims or that have had kind of cerebral events as a result of poor chiropractors doing those adjustments in the neck. I just see that adjustment thing. I can't see. How is that really a good... Well, that's what I mean, because suddenly then I watched that and I thought... (laughs) Well, actually, yeah, but, that is... But think like, about... The, see, when they do that, right, is that not, like, the equivalent of, like, a car crack? Like, what happens with whiplash and all that? you got to be, like, your nerves and all that. It's all well, connected. Well, I think, I think that's the thing. You have to know exactly what you're doing, but it would be so easy just to make yeah. a, a slight error. And then these people on the, on the feed saying things like, yeah, I mean, I go to the chiropractor, but I never let him touch my <laughs> neck, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, actually, I want to check that. Maybe we should check that for next time. Is, is, is that a genuine... 
risk or is this just down to, to bad practice by poorly trained chiropractors but uh, do you know we're, we slate chiropractors <laughs> osteopaths on this well, quite a lot we really we really have to get one on is chiropractor not more kind of neck and back neck and spine whereas osteopaths more back yeah it's all and... it's all spine yeah osteopaths more I want to see you naked whereas chiropractors <laughs> much more about no it's wanting fine, to kill you <laughs> Yeah, I just want to break your neck. So, but yeah, no, it's uh, it did make me think actually. I thought, God, that's actually pretty stupid. Although when he does it, it always feels a bit better. Yeah. Well, I think see see that so, so yeah. right that I got so right. So the psoas muscle mm-hmm. home massage tool. It's basically just a, a bit of solid plastic designed and so. But it's brilliant because it gets right in amongst. Cause you're lying on your back, and it just right in amongst. Oh, is that that thing you made me do? Which is like it's like you lie uh-huh. on like a. It's a like rock. a yeah. That's what they used to do when they actually like uh, were about to sort of. I was going to say crucify. So you're not crucify. They were going to like when they did like they would they would hang you and they would <laughs> you know, draw you and quarter you and stuff like that. They did. That's what they did in sort they of. They used uh, a right. <laughs> so sixteenth, seventeenth century to actually when they did like public executions. One of the things they do they would do is get like a rock and they would put the rock down. And then they would basically kind of lie the person on the rocks and then they would gradually put more and uh-huh. more weight on them so the rock would gradually kind of force its way into their yeah. spines and stuff. So, yeah, so that's what you're doing. It's great. So it's almost exactly like that, yeah. Mm, <laughs> but no, because nice. the osteopath used to not do... See, like, he didn't really seem to do much. And I would always go, <laughs> well, he's kind of just... He's just slightly... He just got just you naked. pressing around my spine. And I feel a lot better and I can move about. So he's obviously just releasing... Your, your muscles are obviously just tensing up. Tension. He's just releasing. That's, that's exactly what that right does. It gets right in amongst, just releases all the muscles and that's it. Well, but, but think how good you feel after a massage. Totally. It's exactly the same totally. type of thing, isn't it? It's just, it's just kind of helping you all to relax and and just kind of... It's, it's stretching your individual muscles, I guess. But with, with chiropractors, it's all about kind of like... Your, with posture, with driving, with everything your spine will gradually kind of naturally go out of alignment and all they do when they call it corrections is try to put it back into alignment so over a long period of time it stops misbehaving if you see what I mean because the minute it misaligns it puts pressure on various nerves and then that can can cause it to fire strangely and give you back pain and muscle pain and all the rest of it and that might all be a little bullshit but it seems to work it's a fact check should you get a chiropractor? It's a fact, well, I, I think probably if they'd have listened to what we said about it, they might, they might not want to come on. But uh, and and I'm a complete hypocrite because I can't criticise them because I go to one. But I, I definitely am now. I might ask them that next time I go about the well, uh, about about the yeah. Thing. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> I don't think he's good. Yeah, actually, Neil. Sometimes I fear I might kill you, but. Uh, it's worth it's worth but a actually do you know this this is an important subject is like during the pandemic and I don't think we're going to have time to talk about meditation so we'll leave that for a, for another mm-hmm. episode we'll finish off in yoga but I think um, going for appointments like the normal stuff you would do pre-pandemic and, and then during the pandemic when things have slightly started to open up and you've gone back to these various things yep. whether it's your chiropractor or your dentist, or your hairdresser, and all the rest of it. So I went, <laughs> I went to the dentist recently, right? And my dentist hadn't been open for months, and I, I, I pay private uh, for my dentist, right? And so I, I think that's why I managed. It's funny because people at work were going, "How did you get a dentist appointment?" And I went, "Oh, because I go private." And they went, "What the whole family?" And I'm like, "Just no, me, just, just me." <laughs> I said, "My teeth are much more important than theirs." But when I went, it was like 
so regimental as someone who's you know, working all the time in work and working for the health service compared to what we were doing at work compared to what they did as yeah. someone who just opened up seemed completely OTT but I get that so I, I pitched up with my mask mm-hmm. on and I went to open the door the door's locked so I knock the door and then they come and open the door and it's all glass so they know I'm there right but they open the door and let me in and then they say sit mm-hmm. over there so I want to sit in the corner I'm miles away from everyone else and then it's like they then take me up the staircase and it's a one-way system. So actually, when I left, later on, I went out the fire exit, which was even stranger. But I went all the way up to the appointment. And when I went in, they're all, like, wearing full PPE. And it was just the hygienist. And she says to me, so we're not allowed to do any kind of, like, polishing or that sort of stuff because we're not allowed to use aerosol-generating procedures. And I went, all right, okay. <laughs> and it literally was like, she went round my teeth and went, it looks okay. You a wee Tiny bit of scraping. Tiny bit of scraping. No, wait for it. And then went, and then got, like, the little autoclave pouch and took out what was like, you know, the, the Oral-B electric uh-huh. toothbrush head. So they obviously had autoclave and then took that out, put toothpaste on it, and then just brushed my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of went, I did that 20 minutes ago before I came here. What, what am I paying for? So it's just, it's weird, you know, going back to these kind of, it's or like getting your hair cut with a mask on. It's just it's uh-huh. strange, strange yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But I, I did. I, I did think that was a, a bizarre experience. You know, always try to justify my seventeen pounds a month. But I'm like, God. So are you going to do more yoga? Uh, That's the question. Yep. No, definitely. And and I think that I'm going to try and do it a bit more, a, a bit more on a regular basis. Well, I see, think. See, uh, I'm just talking about like going to chiropractors, osteopaths, whatever. Actually, prevention is definitely the answer. Yeah. And doing what I find I think, is, I, I, I like I, I say to the boys. You need to start doing this sort of stuff because it will benefit you so much when you're getting older. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, when you're that age, you don't even think about it. But they're stiff. It they're, no, they're stiff. Like, you, like, Oliver obviously does, like, gymnastics, so he's, like, super flexible. But the boys doing football, they're, they're stiff. Like, they're, they're fit yeah. and all that. Because they're, they're putting a lot of strain. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. you see, you need to do yeah. this because it will be... If only there was a YouTube video <laughs> of someone they knew well that they could, they could exactly. follow. Uh, so no, that's that's my challenge to try and do a bit more yoga, and I'm giving you a challenge for the end of the podcast because we are almost at an hour. I'm, I'm determined to stick okay. to an hour tonight, uh, not only because my wife's ready to rip my head off because she wants <laughs> to go to bed, <laughs> but I I want you to do a video of your yoga as a teaching exercise. So rather than just posting it on Instagram of you doing the yoga, I want you to actually do a yoga video as an instructor, yogi-led type session. There's my challenge to, to you. For who? For, t- for you? No, for YouTube, for anything. Just, I want you to put, put it online. I want you to do a, a session, because what you do just now, correct me if I'm wrong, is you just actually post your workouts and yep. you speed them up. So actually, I think you've done that for so long. Why not try and do that in a way that someone actually like me might benefit and I might actually watch your video and try okay. to copy it. Here's my challenge okay. to you. I'll try that. I'll try that. I'll be your one viewer. I don't have a challenge for you, so that's bad. What can I challenge you to do? Do more yoga. That is my challenge. Okay. For the next... Till the next podcast, which, who knows, could be months. Every day. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that might incentivize <laughs> you to get, uh, do another day. podcast quickly. What about every second no, no, no. day? Every day. Every second day. Okay, for the next two weeks, every day. Every single day. And remember, five minutes. Five, right, okay. But every day. Deal, right. And I think we, we have to make a commitment as well because our, our listeners are crying out for this to do a podcast at least once a yeah, month. Yeah, definitely. definitely. That, that's definitely feasible. Definitely. And, okay. uh, yeah, I'm trying to do more. 
So have we got any nice quotes to, to, to leave our podcast on tonight? Because normally we like to have a little quote at the end. Or Come on, give us some wise words, Yogi Preston. Jeez, <laughs> uh, oh, you put me on the spot now. Uh... Oh, wait a minute. I, I've got one that actually someone sent to me today. It's quite good, but it's a bit sombre. Oh, don't, let's, not, let's, let's end on a high, for God's sake. It's about grief. <laughs> uh, I, w- I will read it. We normally just say, be safe, be kind. It's not who I am underneath, a... but what I do that defines me. Who said that? It's Batman. <laughs> Here's one for you. You're replaceable at work, but you're irreplaceable at home. Keep that in perspective. Nice. Nice. Unless you're working from home, and then you're fucked. <laughs> Right. Okay. Good to be back. Yes. Let's 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 try and do this again. So we we do we do need to get some guests in. So why don't you ask your uh, liver guy if he's interested in coming along? Stuart. Yeah. Maybe I should actually. Yeah. He'd probably uh, think I'm crazy. But yeah. No. I I I should do that. Uh, the, the other one is a guy, uh, and we're way, way over there. But there's a guy that that does checking on like pseudoscientists online, like trying to dispel the quacks from the actual folk that. That uh, that talk about actual science. They don't just try and f- like fuel their own biases. He'd be quite good to get on. Right. Well, that's that, that's we we need to look at that. Let's look at potential guests because yeah, people are getting bored of us, and I don't blame them, particularly you. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. So look, let's let's wrap it up. Uh, it's good to be back. We'll hope to speak again soon. Be safe. Be kind. And speak definitely, soon. the best time to plant a tree is twenty years ago. The second best time is now. Word. Word. Right, good. We'll catch you later. Thanks for that, Neil. See you later, listeners. Uh, catch you later. Cheers, Keith. See you later. <laughs>